This is Pave It Black. podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today, we're here to continue season three by talking about drones. While at one time they were mainly associated with things like the military, last year for Christmas, my four-year-old asked for one. You can go down to your local stores such as Targets, Walmarts, and pick one up in the toy aisle. The thing we need to realize about drones is the technology is changing quickly and it may not be long before we see them flying over highways, making deliveries for your everyday purchases. So while I know that contractors have been using drones for inventory management and taking different pictures of their operations or projects to help with planning or recordation, today I'm hoping maybe we can get a little more of an understanding of what we could be using these drones for, whether it's new and novel uses of drones or things that contractors maybe haven't thought of that would be more of an everyday use or basis for this drone technology. So to help us get a little bit of better understanding of how drones are being used in the contracting and construction world in general, we've invited Jessica Liu as a graduate student at Mississippi State University and Carl Pittman from APAC Mississippi to talk with us today. Welcome Carl and Jessica to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank y'all for being here. Before we get started talking too much about drones, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Jessica, maybe you first and then Carl? Okay, my name is Jessica Lewis. I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, and for the past four years, I've lived in Starkville, Mississippi, working in the Construction Materials Research Center under Dr. Isaac Howard. Um, my name is Carl Pittman. I work for APAC Mississippi. I went to Mississippi State I finished my undergrad there in summer of 2017. And my senior year there, I started working for Dr. Howard at the Construction Materials Research Center and got into asphalt research there. I continued doing that research through grad school and focusing mostly on warm mix technologies. I finished my master's degree in the summer of 2018. Right after that, I went to work for APAC. So Carl, I'd be interested to hear maybe how drones um, started getting used as part of APAC's operations. Maybe you could talk about um, if new staff was hired to, to work on that project and what the drones are being used for and maybe any successes or failures with that program. Yeah, so APAC actually started using drones about, I think, three years before I started with them, so 2015. You know, with any new technology, I'm sure that the biggest hurdle to get over was mainly training. When I came on, we actually got a new type of drone. So before I started with APAC, they were using these fixed wing little foam airplanes and they had a lot of technical problems. They broke pretty often. They weren't exactly user friendly. It was kind of one of the, you know, a first generation kind of thing when it comes to technology. And so when I started, we switched over and started using the typical quadcopter drones that you think of when like you were saying, you can go down to the store and buy one of those little quadcopter drones. And so we switched over to that when I started. And even with just that transition, there's a learning curve, you know, as there is with anything. And, you know, a good thing about technology being so ingrained in our lives right now is 
stuff like that is pretty easy to overcome. You know, a lot of people have become pretty adaptable to technology. As far as the staffing goes, we didn't have to hire anyone. I know when they when they went with the first model drone they got, uh, staffing didn't change. And, you know, when we switched to the new model, nothing changed there either. The only thing it did was it made jobs easier. You know, it used to take two people a full day to measure the stockpiles at an asphalt plant. You know, one person with, with a survey rod. GPS rover or something walking around, up, down, around all the piles. And then you'd have a full day of calculations afterwards just to get the volumes at one asphalt plant. And, you know, now I can get the volumes at eight asphalt plants in a matter of two days. So, you know, one day of driving around a bunch of plants and flying the drone and then a day, half a day of calculations. And, you know, in two days I have the information of eight plants, whereas it used to take two days to get the information for one plant. So, we didn't really have a change in staff. We just kind of had to reorient the duties, different duties that people had. And like I said, all, all it did for us was make jobs easier. At the asphalt plants, all we do with the drone right now is inventory management. So you just fly the stockpiles and it import all the pictures that it takes into a program that stitches all the pictures together and uh, calculates your volumes. That's, we're limited to that right now with our asphalt operations, now our aggregates, they do some, a little more nuanced things with the drones. I'm not too involved with our aggregates. And I know that they use it a lot for mine planning. So any kind of volume measurement, any kind of area measurement, it, it's really useful with, and that, that's our primary use for it. Aside from any typical technology failure that you're gonna see, you know, a battery stops working, you have trouble getting the drone to connect, the controller, stuff like that. Aside from that, it's been all successes. Now, one thing I will say on this point is, you know, the drone is really just a method for collecting data. The real success in a drone program is going to come in with how you use that data. You know, you can go collect all the data you want, and if it sits in an Excel spreadsheet and never goes anywhere, you're not really doing much with it. Now, I, I would say our big successes come with, you know, after the fly and after the processing, what we do with that data and how we use it to benefit our operations. So Jessica, let's step back just a little bit and maybe not focus as much on just the asphalt operations, but how have you seen people using drones for, for work with the Mississippi DOT? Could it be used for other types of contracting or inspection work? Yeah, so Richard, so my reading on this subject has been focused on the overall transportation infrastructure development and how drones seem to improve the overall construction life cycle. So MDOT is an all-encompassing entity, and if the design and construction process can benefit from it, then I believe DOTs can too. So there are a number of construction companies that already use drones, and I found two large areas of why someone would want to use them. So the first one is big data collection, as in overall logistics of a project, congested site. So an example of this could be like a warehouse um, construction project with a lot of moving pieces, as well as some of the things that Carl mentioned earlier. So this large data collection also ties into my second reason, which is safer data collection. So this could be any hard to see or hard to reach spots, which results in more efficient construction practices and overall worker safety. Examples of this could be bridge inspection, plant inspection, or volume stockpile methods that Carl was talking about earlier. So Carl, you started to talk some about how you're using the drone program to really uh, manage inventories at your different plant locations and then 
also talked a little bit about how the area side of the house is using it with some planning. I'd be curious to know if there are some ideas out there about how you'd like to use drones in additional ways in the future, maybe around the plants or around other operations within the company. Yeah, well, not to get a little off topic, but I know drones are used right now in agriculture purposes to do some autonomous inspections, you know, on stuff like row crops, they'll fly a field of soybeans and the program can flag areas of bug damage or, or weeds, high weed density, stuff like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is out there. You know, people are working on things all the time, but I'm sure that kind of stuff can be applied to industries like ours. You know, one thought that comes to mind in asphalt is like an autonomous environmental inspection of your site. You know, so you fly the site and the drone could flag things such as oil sheens, you know, on standing water where you, you might see some oil spills or, you know, excess dust when you got on your truck route as trucks come through the site. If they're kicking up a bunch of extra dust, they could flag that too. You know, I'm not sure what work is being done out there on that on those kind of topics, but that's some that's an area I can definitely see the drones um, expanding into. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of even envision one day they're they're sitting there like flying over the the paving train with thermal cameras measuring um, kind of the temperature of the, of the material coming out of the paver and then communicating back to the roller, here's the time to get on it. I mean, who knows what the future is going to look like with this type of stuff, especially as the life of the batteries get longer, where the drones can be up in the air longer, and just things continue to increase in terms of connectivity. I've got a question that I'd like to kind of pose to both of you, and maybe we'll start with you, Jessica, is what are the biggest challenges or hurdles that some people don't think about um, if, they're going, if they aren't using drones right now and they see them as a potential um, source of getting data relatively quickly and safely, I mean, you, you can't just go down to the store, buy a drone, and then necessarily start using it right away. Um, what do contractors need to think about to make this happen? So I believe that the acceptance of change is always a big hurdle. So when doing something as noticeable as implementing drones, we have to be considerate of the large change that it will cause. The workforce itself has to be willing to do something new. So we have a very experienced workforce in construction because people love this field. The developers of this new tech need to make it clear, need to make clear and simple cases of why it is good for not only the owner, but the user. I believe once we get both of those aspects to work together that any implementation should work. And one of the things that I like to say to the listeners is to not be afraid to try new things. So. You know, on this topic, I'll go back to my comment earlier about the fact that the drone is just a method to collect data. You know, you can go get a drone, you can start flying it, that's great. But what are you trying to do with that data? You know, how are you going to use that data to benefit your operation? Now, there's a lot more to a drone program than just getting a drone, training someone how to do it, and then flying your stockpiles. You know, you do that part, great. But then you have all this data that you need to figure out what you want to do with it, how you going to best utilize it. So that'd be my biggest point is figuring out what you want to do with the data once you have it. Did y'all have to do anything like get your licenses or like pilot's license or say you've got a plant near Memphis and you're having to operate near like the, the Memphis airport. Mm -hmm. Are there any, are there any things contractors need to think of that could come back to, to cause some problems if they're not aware of the, of some of those issues? 
Yeah, so I, I did have to get my drone license. It's called a part 107 UAV small pilot license, I think is what it's called. So there is a course you have to take and then the test you have to take to get the license. And that's all pretty straightforward. And then as far as flying close to airports, that that is a good point. We do have several sites that are within these, uh, these control airspace sites. And there is a process to go through where you have to request authorization and, and stuff. And that's getting better and better as time goes on. You know, when I first started, it was actually paper process that you had to go through with the FAA and it was real difficult. And it took me about three months to get an authorization to fly one of our sites. And then I just had to request one the other about a month ago and it took me two days. I did it all online. So that's getting a lot easier. We don't have any, but you know, I'm, I'm sure there's sites out there that you can't fly. I'm sure there are, are airports that, you know, if someone's close enough to, they, they won't let you fly. And I know that they have, they actually have the ability to lock your drone down. When I tried to fly at one of our sites um, that I didn't realize was in controlled airspace, it flagged it. it, said, you're in controlled airspace, you can't take off. You know, so I had to go get an authorization and go through that process. I was going to ask like another, another area I was curious about, like, as far as like doing energy audits around the asphalt plant, if you thought maybe drones could be used for that someday with like a thermal camera and get to areas of the plant that maybe are a little more challenging to look at or those type of things. Like I know um, that Jessica mentioned plant inspections and it seems like a, a drone could pretty quickly scan an asphalt plant for like hot spots or different things like that. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts about something along those lines. Yeah, and then there is actually already stuff out there. You can get thermal imagery for the drones and you can get handheld thermal Im imagery too. A lot of that can be used for inspecting electric motors. You know, if you have an electric motor where the bearings have gone out on it, you can tag that with thermal imagery that you wouldn't be able to see just looking at it. Same thing with bearings, you have a bearing going out, you know, all that friction causes heat and you can flag that. My first thought on that is you'd have a challenge at an asphalt plant with that because everything's already hot, <laughs> you know? So th there are some things like the motors or the bearings that you could flag, but so many things are supposed to be hot at an asphalt plant. Um, there definitely be some challenge there. You know, I know this isn't a drone specific thing, but you know, the technology of remote control and autonomous driving, if it's, even if it's not flight, you know, can be used for inspections on stuff too, so. You know, whether it's an airborne drone or some kind of rover that, that goes around the plant and gets under things, you know, instead of over things, um, you know, it's kind of, kind of related technology that would be applicable. So Jessica, you were talking a little bit about, I know some places are using drones for, for bridge inspection. Do, do they mainly just use it as a, a way to go in and, and take pictures and then bring those pictures back to do some sort of analysis? From my understanding, instead of having crew members physically go out there and hoist themselves into tough areas, so let's just say there's a gusset plate or a truss underneath the bridge that could be really difficult um, to get to, they would use it, yes, for things of that nature. Let's live the life of having to flip a coin to see who's going on top of the stockpile with the, the GPS. Um, but I think there, there's a lot of opportunities in that safety realm of just getting people out of positions where it just makes it a, a safer 
environment. Yeah, I definitely remember the days because it was about the time that drones were starting to be used for inventory and I wanted nothing more than a drone because we often were taking a lot of the inventory measurements in the wintertime, um, kind of as like an end of year. And so the piles were often frozen and kind of challenging to traverse. So I definitely hear all the advantages or like the safety and time-saving things that drones can really bring. Well, no, thank y'all both for your time. Jessica, did I see recently you got one of the Asphalt Institute scholarships? Um, last year, yes, I did. Last year? Yes. Okay. Well, congratulations for that on that. Thank you. But I, I appreciate y'all willingness in your time and best of luck with, with everything. Yeah, thank, thank you, Richard. As we start wrapping this up and thinking about takeaways, is not just think about today's conversation, but it's a consistent theme that I've heard over the course of this entire season is the technology is great, the technology is available, but it's pointless unless you really know what you're doing and how to use the data. I totally agree. I think technology is great, but just collecting data to collect data is really not going to move us forward. When we look at drones, there's still a lot of potential and a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, when, when the technology presents an opportunity, it seems like the adoption happens pretty quick, but that initial like coming up with how it's going to help our operations and really being able to illustrate that sometimes takes time. So, I think drones are obviously here to stay. And I think there's some additional opportunities, but I think that some of that still has got some work to be done to find, find those technologies and those opportunities to really take this to the next level. So. Yeah, and, and I, I was just gonna follow up. I think we one of the things that Carl mentioned was their uses in like the agriculture in, industry and they're doing some things. And so I, I think we need to continue to look for how are other people using this and how are they coupling it with other technologies to really gain some benefit for the industry? And that's when I think we're going to see some amazing things happen is when we don't just take one technology, but we merge three things together to, to get a tool that's really going to propel us. We just want to thank everyone again for being here with us today. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. We just want you to remember, as you're driving around America's highways, someone from our industry paved it black. Pave It Black is produced by Monica Dutcher of the National Asphalt Pavement Association with podcast theme music credits to Coleek. You can find Pave It Black on most of your favorite platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. If you would like to suggest someone for us to interview, please email Richard Willis at rwillis at asphaltpavement.org. That's R-W-I-L-L-I-S at asphaltpavement.org. Until next time, keep paving it black.